guys see my my Twitter? Did you guys see my Twitter uh, feed where I put um, put a little ode to Michael Thomas on there? I uh, I did not, I I, did not see I, it yet. Yeah, I put him on there. Uh, happy to get him back on that practice squad, but uh, I did mention maybe if we didn't see him back on the practice squad, maybe we'd see him back as Coach Thomas. I don't know. It's not idea. It's not idea. But uh, but that's not the real news today, right? Oh no, it ain't. Even though I'm happy to see Michael Thomas back, the real good news is Joe Shiesty back at practice. You know, silence all the Dallas man. I'm happy he's throwing good footballs out there. He threw a nice deep pass to Charlie Jones, one of the best passes I heard. That was a a great practice for him for today. Hey man, we ready to get the ball rolling, man. Week one, man. Them Brownies, I don't know if it's going to hit them. Man, especially after Watson's comments, I'm ready for that too. I'm ready, ready, ready same, for that. Same. Yeah, but Tim, same. it looked like you stole the sun from uh, Pittsburgh over there. What's going on over on the West Coast? You got sun? No, it's cloudy, man. It's, oh, it's okay. just, you know, it's what almost six o'clock and it's cloudy outside. It's been like this all day long. Yeah, for those of you who don't know, Tim lives outside of Seattle, so he's used to that rain. <laughs> And that it's 12th coming. man, he running, run away. He, he runs around avoiding the 12th man. Yeah. But hey, guys, yeah, let's get into this. Rain. Yeah, let's get into this show. We got stuff to talk about. thing gets me going every time love it love it love it for those of you watching on youtube thank you thank you thank you uh for those of you downloading and listening to us on spotify uh apple pod google pod wherever you get your podcast thank you very much we're here every wednesday night we record on youtube go live thursday morning for your drive time uh on Thursday morning every week. We're giving you what you need here at uh, Running Through the Jungle. I'm your host, Brandon Harriet, with your host, Justin Lacey, and our good friend, Tim Lyons. How's it going, fellas? Doing pretty good, man. Doing pretty good. Doing good. Doing good. Thank you, guys. How's Cincinnati going, Justin? Man, Starting to get hyped down there? Oh, yeah. The weather's cooled off down here. It's not as hot and, you know, brutal like in the upper 90s like it was last week and the weeks before that. You know, it's sort of tempered off to this really low 80s-ish kind of weather where it just feels nice and breezy out. So Cincinnati's, you know, ready for fall. I know in terms of how this everybody kind of operates around here in terms of sports go everybody's just ready for the Bengals at this point we're still excited about fc cincinnati you know they they just played an incredible match that they came to a draw well actually technically lost to leona messi they also just destroyed the new york team and you know i think they're kind of like in a dog fight with the atlanta team there but the reds 
Yeah, you know, they're trying to get their mojo back. They fell behind after the exciting spark in the midseason race that they had taking the lead in the NL Central. But most importantly, while their magic sort of tapered off, everybody's ready for Bengals football, man. We're trying to see this team go on a Super Bowl run. So since he is still thriving, but they're thriving because, like I said before, Joe Shiesty's back. He's back. He's shook off that injury, and he's he's back ready to get it going. Yeah, I'm ready for campfires and hoodies. Uh, what pig roast, little pork belly for my guy over there, Tim. He's a pork belly guy, right? I actually just made pork belly last night, it was delicious. Got, got the smoker mm, running. I'm, that's oh, that's yeah. that's the weather I'm ready for, man. Get it, get the campfire going, get the hoodie on. Smells like fall, like football. I love it, love it. I'm but, more uh, of a brisket kind of guy. I like beef briskets. That's that's my thing. I like that. I, yeah, I'm equal opportunity when it comes to smoked meat. I'll take it. Um, uh, so, yeah, our guy Joe Burrow, I mean, great to have him back. I think uh, all of us were pretty confident. We, you know, kind of knew, um, you know, Zach Taylor doesn't say much. Um, but we kind of knew. We kind I think we all kind of knew he was going to be okay. Um, I'm ready for the contract to be done, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave that for another show. Leave that for the show, but what I want to talk to you real quick about, um, not not necessarily. We're going to get into the fifty-three man roster. Uh, true to who we are as a show, you're not going to see us go down every single name and break down exactly what they did, getting this long, monotonous, drawn-out thing. We're going to give you some highlights of it, but I want to start with the structure of the fifty-three man roster before we talk about practice squad and interesting names. Um, structure of the 53-man roster, defense, we went 10 defensive linemen, 5 linebacker, 10 secondary, and 3 specialists. Um, really like where we're at specialist-wise. Long snapper, great. Uh, punter looks really good. And I think we might have the best kicker in the league this season. I drafted him in my first fantasy draft. I think Money Mac's going to have a hell of a year. Um, I was a little bit surprised uh, that we didn't get – I thought maybe they would go a sixth linebacker, uh, just more so for – there's a lot of flexibility in our D-line. Um, there's a lot of flexibility in our, our, our defensive backfield. And I thought maybe they would do it if they were going to foreshadow here, if they were going to move on from uh, some special teams guys like – you know, your Stanley Morgans, your Michael Thomases of the world. Maybe a linebacker would be another really good special teams player to fill that role. Um, what are your thoughts about uh, the defensive line uh, secondary here going as far as the numbers go, numbers break down? What do you think, Tim? Um, you know, I think that they uh, made some good decisions. And then, you know, there's some ones that I was like questionable of, you know, why did they cut? you know, not sign or bring back on, you know, um, the practice squad, um, like Raymond Johnson, you know, why didn't they bring him back? Um, I think, uh, and how did that get picked up by anybody else too? Like he, he puts some really good film out there and I don't understand where he's at. Yeah. You know, and he played, you know, he played great all preseason long. Um, he, I, I think he was the preseason MVP for defense, you know, and for him not to be uh, seen on that practice, at least the practice squad list, you know, I was like, well, where's he at? Nowhere to be found. 
So, you know, that was my, you know, I'm kind of like, we had this guy missing and, and he was the one that was missing for me. That is, I don't know about anybody else, but I know he was missing for me um, after seeing him during the preseason. Yeah. I mean, uh, speaking of, of, of missing, uh, I would venture to say that if our first round pick uh, looked as good as Raymond Johnson did during the preseason, we'd all probably be pretty fired up about it. Uh, yeah. So I like, I, I don't know, Miles Murphy, I mean, you know, obviously not going to put him on a practice squad, nothing like that. And I think he's going to be good. I told you last week, I think he is who I thought he was right now. He's very athletically talented. He just doesn't have the refined skill set. He's got some good guys to learn from. I think later in the year, you might see some effectiveness out of him. But right now it's a little bit, a little bit um, out of, out, out of the realm. Um, Justin, I want to ask you about the offensive side of things. Unless you've got a defensive take, you want to get out there real quick. Well, as far as you can definitely ask me on offensive side because you already know I'm going to come spitting fire with that too. But yeah. you know, first and foremost, I do want to talk about Joseph Asai because first and foremost, he had no reason to be playing in the final preseason game to illustrate him even getting hurt in the first place. I understand that these, he suffered a high ankle sprain. I think the reports will say he's going to be out four to six weeks. You know, so however the team is going to engage there, whether they introduce him to the pup list or he's just going to just miss four to six weeks and they ultimately end up being two games. Um, however the team decides that, you know, obviously they're going to handle it the best way they know how. But I never thought that Joseph Sasha shouldn't have been out there in the third and final preseason game. And I thought in the second one against Washington, um, I'm sorry, Atlanta's, where he played enough football snaps and made enough impactful plays that he should not have been playing much longer than he did. So I get it. You know, we're, we're very cautious that people want to, we want to protect our guys from injury, but yeah, that's a, that was a strong feeling that I had regarding uh, at least on the defense side of the ball for Joseph side, because I think that he's in for a big year and uh, you know, and it sucks that he's not going to be able to start the season the right way and the way he wanted to. Yeah. And you hit the nail on the head, you know, um, after the, the way the season ended for him last year, uh, like that, the image of him sitting on the bench mm-hmm. after the penalty and losing to Kansas City is, is burnt into my memory. And then, you know, the kid comes back after having an injury history and our, our team doesn't play starters. Our team protects everyone. But evidently, for some reason, Osai didn't make that list of people they wanted to protect, even though he has an injury history. And he looked really good. Last season, right. he played almost 400 snaps. Like, he's a piece of our team. He's not a he's not a, a journeyman, you know what I mean? Like, he, he was going to play meaningful snaps in game one and, and had a, a possibility of, of being the kind of guy that can chase down a Deshaun Watson. So... I, I agree with you a thousand percent on that. And, and the way the philosophy is of the team really uh, kind of baffled me, to be honest with you. But on the offensive side of the roster spot, man, there were some interesting things. This could have went a lot of different ways. Um, two quarterbacks with the new rule uh, that you get your emergency third quarterback. I think that's kind of the way the league is going to be now. Everybody's going to have two. No one's going to really have three. You got four running backs, six wide receivers, three tight ends, and 10 offensive linemen. What are your takes on that, Justin? 
So usually I'm going to start with the wide receiver because that's an interesting list here. Usually they go with seven. They love having a deep pool of wide receivers, and we all thought that was going to be the case today. But they had cut Trent Taylor, and I believe he has signed uh, with the Chicago Bears after getting released by the Bengals or waived. You know, people want to use their terminologies, all that. But the interesting cut that was Stanley Morgan Jr., and a lot of people had him penciled in as the seventh wide receiver, usually because of his leadership and abilities on special teams. If people have followed this show, they would have heard me made a statement about Stanley Morgan that he could have been a surprise cut. And just because the talent pool in other areas is getting a little bit more rich to the point where you don't really need to keep seven wide receivers. And instead, what I'm glad that they were able to do, and we'll probably go over this when it comes to the practice squad, is that they put him on a practice squad after essentially cutting him. Now, when we go to the running backs now, it's interesting here too, because we kept four. Now, usually we do keep four. You know, Joe Mixon at the time, Samaj P. Ryan, Trayvon Williams, and then Chris Evans was that fourth running back. But it's interesting if you look at the depth chart here, Chase Evans, I'm sorry, Chase Brown and Chris Evans are, you're going to see that they're going to be like kind of like the one, two of the two, exactly what we were talking about before with the split back in this, the splitting of the carries to be featured as a number two. Mm -hmm. Chase Brown looked good in that final preseason game. And then Trayvon Williams probably is going to insert himself as that, that, you know, that new Samaj P. Ron role where he's in those special third down plays, you know, just to do some pass protection. And then as far as like the O-linemen's go, I'm not surprised that we kept 10. I think you need to keep 10 because how many times are we going to keep getting injured on that side of the ball? You got to have depth. And it's just sort of surprising because usually you're used to seeing Hakeem Adeniji there. Well, he's gone now. Um, personally, my least one of my least favorite offensive linemen that's on this group is Trey Hill. But I understand why they kept him for guard center flexibility there. And then tight ends. We got three tight ends here. Um, I would have loved to have seen them try to at least take the chance that Tanner Hudson was going to be a starter of the 53-man roster. Not necessarily starting tight end, but on the 53-man roster. Because at this point, personally for me, you've seen enough of what you saw out of Drew Sample. I get it. People love his blocking abilities, but it doesn't really seem that his ceiling is very high. He was an overdrafted second-round pick at the time when we took him. Mitchell Wilcox, he's always going to be there. But at the same time, I feel like that maybe he's also reached his ceiling a bit too, but he's a nice piece, a nice debt piece to have. But Irv Smith Jr. and Tanner Hudson, if he gets his opportunity to play some games, those guys are like thunder and lightning in their own way. You know, they, they're different, but they are very powerful in what they do. And I saw that out of Tanner Hudson when we watched him play in the final preseason game too. Let, let me ask you a quick question. If, knock on wood, my dog's going to start barking now. Uh, <laughs> if if Irv Smith Jr., who has a history of, of injury in the league, if he gets hurt, do you think there's a possibility that Tanner Hudson not only gets activated but sees some starting time? If he goes if – he, if, if he goes, I see what you mean. You know what I mean? Like, I think he's he can go from practice squad mm -hmm. to, to a starting tight end to me. If something yeah. happens in the first half of the year, I wouldn't be surprised if he starts by the end of the year because of the way he looked in preseason. I wouldn't be surprised either. And quite frankly, if he does ultimately end up, you know, catapulting up the tight end depth chart and becoming a starter, it would have been well-deserved because right now he's sitting there on a the practice squad. 
But yes, if that were to be the case, I think that they will probably go with a tight end by committee approach with Drew Sample, Wilcox, and involving Tanner Hudson in some of those packages. With the name that I didn't even mention in the tight end one that you don't see is Devin Asiasi because he was that just last season. But again, a guy who doesn't really have much of an upside to his traits. Um, and it's, at this point, it's like even if you do hit an emergency wall where you have to sign a, a tight end just like right there because yeah. you really don't have anybody left, eh, Devin Asiasi, give him a call. Hey, bring him back. You know, we need you to play. Yeah, play a game. Yeah. So it's frustrating, too, because the Denver Broncos, and this was some, one of the things that was buzzing on Twitter a bit, um, Albert O, I'm not even going to try to pronounce his last name. But Albert O was a tight end in Denver that was very well respected along the NFL community that when he got cut or when he was waived by the Broncos, there were so many fans and so many people that were saying, oh, man, we should be able to go and grab him. But what ended up happening is that the Philadelphia Eagles made a trade for him before he even cleared waivers because they knew they're not going to be able to get to them when they clear their waivers based off the waiver claim list. So the Eagles made a made another championship level caliber move, man, yeah. and got another weapon for that offense. And that's good for them. But I think Albert O would have been perfect in this offense. You know, I, that's one of the things that the Bengals way of doing things sometimes drives me nuts. They're not one to to do that last minute trade. Um, yeah. gone out. They, they release their guys and let them go. They, they never try a wheel and deal. They never try to put somebody on just to trade them and move pieces around. Cause if they did that, Jackson Carmen would have been on the block. Somebody, yeah. you know, 100%. You know, but I, I do disagree with you. I, I, 10 offensive linemen with you had Cody Ford and uh, Max Sharping both play center uh, at mm -hmm. points, both can play guard. I thought we had enough depth. Um, in that position, I don't, I don't think that Trey Hill was was much better than somebody you could pick up off of waivers right now. And it's the way he played, um, holding penalties, face mac uh, penalties, uh, false starts. Like it just didn't do it for me. So I would have done, I would have done nine there. I probably would have kept the seventh wide receiver. Um, I, and I, you know, hey, lucky we. We found uh, Shedrick Jackson on the uh, on the practice squad because I didn't think we would. I thought the guy looked pretty good. So, yeah, just my takeaway on the offense. Um, I do want to, uh, like like I said, I got the ode to Michael Thomas, Stanley Morgan. We talked about, um, you know, kind of an upset cut, but uh, but we're getting younger and. You know, Zach Taylor said a couple of things in his press conference. One, we we gotta get we we're getting younger, and we have to get younger in order to pay some of the guys we've got to pay. So, put it right out there in the open: things that we've been alluding to all off season. Um, the other thing that I thought was interesting when it comes to the running back room, he said, "We know what Joe Mixon is. He's a great back on first and second down." He dismissed him as a third down back his own coach. Um, so, so that tells us right there, Travion Williams is going to be a third down back. I think they're going to give chase Brown some opportunities there and Chris Evans, um, because the, both of those guys are explosive. Um, uh, Chris Evans runs great routes and he showed a better blocking this preseason than I've seen from him in the past three years. 
So I think everybody in that room is going to get some work. Uh, so pretty excited about that. Now, what I wanted to do was touch on a few names that uh, I just find as interesting names. Maybe they do something. Maybe they don't. Uh, maybe there's a concern. Maybe there's some excitement. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna start with uh, with Tim here. I'm gonna give you because uh, I know you're a Notre Dame fan. I'm gonna give you Chris Evans from the University of Michigan. <laughs> you're you're welcome. Thank you. Appreciate it. Um, Chris Evans. You know he's you know he he's been with us for how many years now? Is it two years, three years? Three. This is his fourth year. This is his uh, contract year. That's why I said you, you, you guys will listen to you a little bit more about putting their nose in their block on when, when they're in their contract year. Yeah, you know, Chris Evans, man, you know, I honestly don't know what to do with that cat, to be honest with you, because, you know, he's he hasn't been really that productive, you know. You know yeah, special teams-wise, maybe. <clears throat> Um, but to put him back there with, you know, as a, you know, receiving back or third down back or even a first down back, he's made some plays for us in the past, but I don't know. I think he's, he's practiced squad material and he's not going to be, be showing up at, at, on the starters. Let me ask you a follow-up question, Tim. Do you think this is the year based off yeah, I'm about to say, well, you got to take your Notre Dame bias aside. I got nope. a follow-up question for you, Tim, regarding to, uh, Chris Evans. Based off of his production that he played, because he's also been practicing very well, too, do you think this is the year that he puts it all together? No, absolutely not. No. You know, he might, you know, he might flash the pan every once in a while, you know, make, make some good plays or first down, maybe even get a touchdown, you know, but I don't see him, you know, I don't see him being a – being a, a big, big, you know, big impression for us at all. What do you think, Justin? You know, I was very high on Chris Evans after he showed me a lot in the first couple of preseason games. He didn't play in the last one. He didn't really need to, in my opinion. I think the coaches saw enough. Um, I, I am going to on a disagreement side on the fence here. I think that this is something that speaks volume. He's playing like that. His job matters. It's and he don't want to be left. Yeah, he don't want to be left out in the cold here. There's a perfect opportunity to kill this, to just go and chase and take this number two running back spot. All the fans are just clobbering at the teeth that Chase Brown become that. But he, we got to remember, Chase Brown was also a late-round draft pick too, and he got to figure it out himself. He looked good against Washington, but that was also a Washington team that was only featuring second, third, and fourth string stringers too. And their defense is not as lit as what we saw during the first couple of weeks. Um, and the O-line was also bad, too. But I think that Chris Evans, I, I, I just think that I'm looking at it as a glass half full kind of guy. But I do understand that this is it for him in the sense of you got to show something, because if not, you know, you'll probably not even be on his roster next year or be practice squad material, as what you said, Tim. But my fear is because the Bengals never figured it out with how to utilize his talents because his talents are there. Another team that with offensive explosion, firepower, counter caliber can and get the best out of him. And next thing you know, they have themselves a next Tony Pollard. And we're sitting on our hands like, oh, man, we should have did this and should have did that. That is that could happen, too, because we've seen this fan base do it plenty of times. But at the same token, since it's like if that does happen, 
we should be a good enough team to overcome it because we have a deep enough roster because we know how to draft and develop guys and our weapon receive weapon um i'm sorry not receiving core but running back core too in my opinion we should already know how to overcome that if that were to be the case but i tend to think the opposite with chris evans and i just think that this is his only his true prove year and i think he will i think he'll take it i think he'll take it and uh he literally may run with it <laughs> I use a little pun there. That was it was very punny, <laughs> very punny. Well, uh, we have reached that point of the show where we're going to take a quick break. If you're watching us on YouTube, uh, we're just going to pause for a quick second. But for those of you listening um, on audio only on podcast, we will pay some bills real quick, and we will be right back. All right. Thanks for hanging in there with us. Uh, we are running through the jungle. We host Brandon Harriet with your host, Justin Lacey, and uh, our repeat guest, Tim Lyons, coming all the way from the West Coast out there. Poor air quality country. <laughs> Everything above you is on fire. Watch out. Hey, Snoop Dogg's well, in the, the house. Pacific, he's in the Pacific Northwest, too, so yeah. more rainy than anything I, I would yeah. think out there. Yeah, yeah. that side yeah. of Canada is on fire right now. They're getting some pretty bad <laughs> air quality. Right. Hey, Snoop yeah. Dogg showed back up. Well, I, I, I do have some more names for you. Um, well, mm-hmm. I want to get some Let's takes get from you, what you're thinking, where, uh, where you're going with it. So, uh, Justin, you are up. I'm going to switch to the other side of the ball here. What are your feelings or take on Nick Scott? Nick Scott. Okay. I think he was on the receiving end of a a pretty ugly looking, you know, trampling stiff one by B. John Robinson when we played Atlanta. And I'm, and I'm, I'm going to be honest. I'm kind of tired of seeing that. A lot of people are going to have that. Yeah. A lot of people are going to see that this year. Yeah. And I'm kind of tired of seeing it. And, And quite frankly, I'm not just talking about, his beginning tenure with the Bengals. I'm talking about when I've seen and watched film on him um, with the Rams when he was playing against other powerhouse teams. Week one against the Bills last year, man, Josh Allen just stiff-armed the living hell out of him. And it it, it looked ugly. <laughs> it looked ugly. And then, you know, he gets – again, I understand that the Rams were in a really difficult position with their injuries and you have to gut the roster and all that stuff. But Nick Scott was also still part of the team that won the Rams the Super Bowl, even though we know that the Bengals should have won it, as we as Cincinnati fans know. I still think that Nick Scott gives you veteran presence. I still think he gives you veteran leadership. And my previous take before about Jordan Battle superseding him to take his spot in the starting role midseason, I'm not going to move off of that part as a take, but I don't think it might happen this year because I think Jordan Battle struggles mightily. He got to figure it out, too. He did not look promising his last two preseason games, especially that last one. It it didn't look like he was getting it, getting his head around the swivel just right off the bat. There was too many wide-open plays. There were too many busted coverages that was that the ball was getting thrown under, missed tackles. He was a part of certain some of those things. He has to mature and develop. 
So therefore, Nick Scott is going to take that spot and hold on to that for a while. And it may be for the entire season. But the good news is he's paired alongside with Dax Hill. And I think that those two will involve a greater tandem to where he can sort of be more of a slightly better version of Von Bell, while Dax Hill can be the true safety that can be very impactful if his athletic proudness holds up. You know, the one thing we miss, and, and you hit on it with kind of hinted towards it, I should say, with uh, the stiff arm thing, we don't have a thumper anymore. No, we, we don't. We just don't. I mean, um, and listen, today's NFL, I mean, do you need a thumper? That's probably a 15-yard penalty every year or every game anyway. You're not allowed to hit people. So I I don't know. I, I wish we did. I wish we had somebody that was a little more of an intimidating tackler. Um, but but we don't. You know, I mean, we're playing the hand. We, we're, we're dealt right now. Uh, I, I could see – Man, I could see Anderson ended up getting some playing time there. I could see a lot of different things. You know, there's a lot of movable pieces with Dax and and DJ Ivy and uh, DJ Turner and uh, all these other guys. Like, there's some interesting, interesting characters on it. So we'll, we'll stay in this realm. We'll stay in the defense here for you, Tim. I'm gonna give you the DJs. Um, got a couple defensive backs. DJ Ivy, DJ Turner, looking pretty good so far. Um, what do you think of the DJs? You know, uh, I know DJ Ivy. You know, he made some good breakups during the preseason. Um, DJ Turner, you know, he he made some good plays. He made some good stops um, on defense. I think it was believes against Atlanta. I think he he had a couple of good stops. Um, I think having those young kids. You know, coming on, I think it's promising. You know, it's promising to, you know, give uh, a Wouzier and Hilton, you know, some more support. You know, in 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 the cornerback uh, realm. You know, um, and then of course, you know, you can't forget the DJ of them all, DJ Reader. Well, you hopefully, they'll drop him in the coverage. Yeah, if we're not, we're not. <laughs> he, he ain't dropping into coverage, but we still can't forget about. DJ Reader, the the beast in the middle. Yeah, he he definitely is a big key to our 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 defense. Like we're different, we're a totally different defense without him. Mm-hmm. Um, I I really like uh, DJ Turner. I think, man. Well, first of all, you can't teach speed, but yeah. he really does trust himself uh, to make that read and turn his hips, and he looks fluid to me. Um, I mean, do you think he's going to see significant time or, or, or him or DJ, you know, Ivy, I think Ivy could, could do that role later in the year when you're looking at the, um, the Trey flowers role that we had last year or something like that. But, you know, starting off, I don't think he's going to be seeing a ton, but what, what do you, what are your thoughts? Well, you know, I don't know how tall Turner and Ivy are. Ivy's taller. I was told, I think Ivy might be six one. DJ Turner likes five ten, something like that. Five ten, five eleven. So you know, later on in the season, like when we're playing against, you know, you know Kansas City, they might bring the bigger, you know, Ivy in, you know, to actually cover Kelsey and you know Kittle because we are playing against the 49ers too this year. You know, the bigger tight ends. Um, I think I think Turner's speed is going to help us out. You know, is going to help us out in the end. 
Um, but you know, sometimes speed and making making those decisions could cost him too. So you know, hopefully he has maybe a you know fast speed, but in his mind the play recognition is just slow, and he can actually make the correct you know yeah. you know the actual re- you know correct reaction. Excuse me, you know to the actual plays. Yeah, I almost hit that dead nut. By the way, DJ Ivy six one five eleven on DJ Turner. Okay, so I was close, man. That's <laughs> off the top of my dome. That's not bad. No, not bad at all. All right, I've got I've got two names left. Um, Justin, who do I want to give you? I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you an easy one here. Andre Yoshivas. What are your thoughts oh, on that, gentlemen? Another preseason star. You know, I expect high things from him going into his first year. He actually might very well see the highest production volume out of this rookie class because of the side of the ball he plays, the position that he plays, and the quarterback that he's ultimately playing along with, too, in Joe Burrow. I get it, man. People are people are high on our trio. No one's more high on our trio than me. And I think that our trio is going to have a special year along with Burrow, of course. But you got to develop new weapons along the way. I'm not sure if Charlie Jones is ready to take that spotlight yet. But I truly feel like Andre Yoshivas could. At some point, you got to think long term when it comes to this receiving core and think to yourself, Who's going to still be with us when the days of the trio is still like the big three guys, the Migos, as was some some folks like to call them, you know, go different directions. Like whether it's Tyler Boyd, he goes somewhere else. Let's say if T. Higgins doesn't necessarily sign a long-term extension that we're all fearing. Um, Jamar, I think we're pretty confident he is going to sign that lucrative extension next offseason. But you just never know when it comes to these things. And you got to have bodies waiting in the wings and actually show active production. And that starts this year. To me, I think that's Yoshi. All preseason long, I'm seeing him doing back shoulder catches. And it seems like that's their bread and butter makeup of the offense. That's because Joe Burrow instilled that within this team. Another thing is he's very good with the selling of the fade in the back corner of the end zone just to peel a little bit into the middle of the end zone because that touchdown pass that Drake Jake Browning threw to him, that was off of a fake where the defense was trying to cheat the coverage and then he was going to go to the back left corner of the end zone. But instead, he sold that after Jake Browning looked off the different defender and he came back in the middle. Boom, he sees Andre Yoshivas wide open. That's that intellectual ability that I'm seeing that Andre Yoshivas do on the field. That Princeton knowledge is paying off in the NFL so far. And I think he's going to learn a little bit through the growing pains, obviously. But I think by midseason going into the uh, back into the playoffs, you might see some big plays from him. And I would not be surprised if if and when that happens. So. I'm very high on this kid, and I think that he is going to show the world that he is going to be a future Bengal. I mean, he's a current Bengal now, but he is going to be a future star of the Bengals. I like it, man. I, I, the guy's obviously exciting, and I, whew, man, do I tip my my cap here to uh, Duke Tobin and and the staff? I mean, to to pull a guy out of the Ivy League um, and see whatever they saw in him, thinking that he could be ready, and and they're in win now mode they're not getting pieces that they want 
to be good in three or four years. Um, so, you know, after taking kind of a project in round one, then to turn around and get back in these later rounds and, and see somebody that you might be able to fly on, it might be able to help you um, sooner than that. Now, I don't, I don't think that maybe they did, but I would, I would think that they were thinking next year, this guy could be a good help, right? Because we got some contract issues. Are we going to be able to sign Boyd and Higgins and da 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 da? Who knows? Um, but that's what I think they were thinking. And then the guy comes in and he <laughs> seems pretty undeniable right now. You know, can you can you keep him off the field? I I don't know. I don't see it. Um, Charlie Jones being the older of the two, the more polished of the two. What he did. Um, to Joey Porter Jr. when they were head to head, um, catching 153 yard for 153 yards and two touchdowns last year, like I gave him the nod going into this. Um, I wish he wouldn't have had the so- shoulder injury. Playing through that labrum tear has got to be terrible, um, but he did, and <laughs> Yoshi took advantage of it. Man, made the most of his time. Um, so I- I'm really excited to see what what the kid di- does. Um, Tim, you, you agree? I do. Um, you know, he, he impressed me. I was, you know, watching, uh, the commander's game the other night and, uh, he threw that back shoulder to him and he just reacted, you know, and I, I know there was another play. I think it was Jake or Simeon. I forget who it was. It was a bad pass and he just grabbed it. He just grabbed it. You know, I think he is there very a lot smart. Of bad passes. This- <laughs> Preseason. There, there was a lot of bad passes, and he, you know, and he caught them. You know, he, he, you know, adjusted his his uh, catching, and, and he and he caught the balls. You know, I think he played well. Um, I personally think that he's probably going to, he might edge out. You know, Charlie, Charlie, old Uncle Charlie, or whatever they're calling him now in the locker room. Chuck Sizzle. He might, yeah, Chuck Sizzle. That's what it is. Chuck, Chuck Sizzle. Chuck you know? Sizzle. Yeah, you know, he might he might uh edge him out, but you know, Jones has also been playing with a you know with that shoulder, you know, that that, that whole shoulder injury, so who knows. So, I I um before I get into the, the uh, my last name here, uh if you're watching us on YouTube, take a quick second, hit that thumbs up, that like, hit that little bell, get those notifications. If you are on Spotify, Apple, Google Pod, whatever you're on, subscribe, like, share us with friends. We need to get more and more built behind this so we get more and more content out to you. Um, we we actually just had a quick meeting on Monday. We're going to be doing a preview show. Is going to the day before we play because we – have a lot of primetime games. So we're going to have Thursday games. We're going to have Monday games. Whatever. So um, we're going to be hitting uh, Saturday, 5 a.m. You're going to get a preview show from us. Uh, post-game show. Tim, Don't you don't have to get the big eyes on that, on that look. You don't have to get up and record at 5 a.m. I don't know if you know this, but this drops uh, at f- Thursday at 5 a.m. We're recording okay, gotcha. it Wednesday night. Gotcha. So, so yeah, so you're going to get that preview of, uh, you know, day before 5 a.m. So, 
Um, you're going to get post game show, co- uh, the coach's cliff notes where we're going to watch the, the uh, press conferences afterward and sift through the coach speak and give you a little bit more of a nugget that you might be able to uh, actually take something away from rather than trying to get through all the coach speak and the hard questions. And we're going to cut through the BS for you and say, he said nothing or he gave us this or whatever it might be. Um, so, so we're going to have more and more of those cuts of the chase is going to be back on its regular time. Now uh, chase is moved in. He is now a native of Cincinnati. So, he is, uh, he is uh, down there in the Queen City. So uh, a lot of things coming up from us. Uh, we're going to be doing um, – I'm kind of I'm, I'm, I'm kind of back and forth with what I want to call a show. We're going to do a show. Um, there's a lot of fans for Sports Network uh, channels out there. So if you've got somebody you want to watch, something you want to listen to, whether it's another team you'd like, your, your, your best friend's favorite team, whatever it might be, or if you just want to spy on who we're going to be playing next week, we're actually going to start having those guys on. Um, reached out to uh, Ja from the, the Browns channel here, and we're going to actually probably have him on next week. Um, so we're going to do something like that. I think, uh, I think I'm leaning towards calling it strange love because man, I don't, I'm not one of those fans that get too uh, overly uh, excited about, other teams or rooting for other teams or whatever. It takes two teams to play this game. I'm not going to be mad at you for not rooting the same team I root for. I don't care. Uh, so it's, you know, I show love to these guys. So even though they're not wearing our colors, I'm going to show them some love, have them in here. We're going to talk about the upcoming game uh, that week. So I think I'm leaning towards calling it strange love. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It, it could be, I thought about sleeping with the enemy. But that was a pretty good one too. Uh, on the Steel Curtain Network uh, that I that I do a podcast on, they call it uh, "Know Thy Enemy." That's actually how I got started with that. Um, but yeah, I, who knows? We'll see. But we're gonna do a lot of stuff, a lot of previews, a lot of post game, all your Bengals coverage right here on the Running Through the Jungle Network. So um, lots to come. So the last one. Tease this one up about as much as you can for a practice squad player, right? Uh, drafted in the third round, 2018. Did not have a very good start to his career. Uh, circumstance does a lot for 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 a player. And uh, once the Dallas Cowboys jumped up and got Trey Lance, it led this player to not have a, a seat at the table anymore. And kudos to the Dallas Cowboys for giving Will Greer the basically the entire game in a third preseason game to put out audition tape. And boy, did he take advantage of it. Um, it it's funny, like, you know, with being um, – being in that that situation he was and and not being signed by anybody and free to go wherever he wanted uh he he saw an opportunity and he was packed his bags and was on his way up to Cincinnati so i'm i'm happy to have him here after what i saw in the preseason uh will greer played for west virginia came out he was a little bit older he's 28 years old now um a vet sat on uh, the cowboys bench last year 
Boy, did he slang a rock that third game. Um, but he had to look at it and say, hey, I got Jake Browning in Cincinnati to be the backup to Joe Burrow. Being in the NFL is a pretty good gig. I think I'm going to give it a shot. So um, what are you guys uh, – what are your takes on Will Greer? You got anything for me, Justin? I do. Um, for those listeners, I want to make sure I do a little bit of a slight correction. He was originally a third-round pick to Carolina in 2019 out of West Virginia University. Uh, so I just want to get that clarified. But, yeah, this past – it didn't work out from Carolina, obviously. And then, obviously, this past offseason, he was uh, playing with the Dallas Cowboys. You know, but this particular this particular this particular game spoke a lot of volume about him taking the most out of his opportunity. I actually got his numbers right here. Threw for over 305 yards, two passing touchdowns, 45 rushing yards additionally with two rushing TDs in the blowout win over the Raiders. That shows me as a guy that wants to be able to have an opportunity to make this make a team, make a roster, even if it is practice squad. It also shows me that he understands where his place is in the league for now. But when the opportunity rises, he will do the best he can to take full advantage of it. And I'm not saying that he's going to be out there and outplay Joe Burrow or anything like that. Nobody is really. I mean, just, that's just not I don't think that's going to happen. But it does show me he got a lot of heart. And we've been talking about moving off of Trevor Simeon. I'm very glad the Bengals came today senses and released uh, Trevor Simeon because the, the guy just wasn't good. And Jake Browning, I'm glad that he stuck around because he did show a little more promise, even though he wasn't as good. He showed some promise in the preseason game, last preseason game finale, and also a little bit more in practice. But Will Greer is the perfect opportunity to where you see upside to where he is. He does have a great chance of beating out Jake Browning and being the number two quarterback on the depth chart. So that will make me feel a little bit better of if something were to happen to Joe Burrow for a few games. You know, I'm not thinking worst case scenario like a lot of people are. I would have Burrow missed the whole season. Look, Joe, Joe Burrow, you gotta you gotta throw a bullet in his leg or something like that to take him off the field. That dude is tough as nails. But going back to Will Greer, I also understand that fans would like to have like the sexy name only, you know, backup quarterback names that everybody throw all the cross league like a Gardner Minshew or something. That's a that's a hot name, you know, to have as a backup quarterback, you know, Cooper Rush, even Mike White. I like Mike White, you know, based off what he did to us. But at the same time, Will Greer can be all of those guys that we've all hoped for in case something happens. And he showed it. So I'm very happy that he chose to come here. And I did listen to his his last little bit of interview there. And I can't wait to see what this kid's made of. Yeah, it is kind of funny that we were looking at Cooper Rush in the offseason. And then we ended up with his backup. Will Greer. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the guy the guy earned a spot. I mean, he deserved to be on a roster after that game. And he kind of reminds me of Mike White a little bit. Um, I think he's a little more under control, uh, doesn't take quite as many chances. Um, but I don't know. Like, there, I heard Colt McCoy's name getting thrown around, you know, uh, the last 24 yeah. hours. And I'm like, what? What is that going to prove for you? Like, I, I don't know. <laughs> I think you know what that is. Um, not that Colt McCoy seems like a great teammate, and and you know, maybe a decent uh, extra coach, uh, carrying the clipboard kind of guy. But I, I'd, I'd rather get somebody out there who can slang it a little bit. Tim, you got anything to say about it? 
You know, I was actually thinking that, you know, the Bengals were going to sign uh, Zappa, you know, because, you know, Zappa, he, he's not a bad Bailey. quarterback. Yeah, Bailey Zappi. Zappi. Yeah. 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 Zappi. Zappi Zappa. I forget what his name is. But anyways, I, that's who I thought we were going to, you know, try to get. And then um, I was looking at all the quarterbacks that were available after the cuts, and I was, like, going through the list, and I saw Will Greer. You know, I was going through every single – all 32 teams to see who – what quarterbacks got cut? And I was like, somebody said, "Oh, Cooper Rush got cut." I'm like, mm, I called BS on that one. So yeah. then I then I saw then I looked to see who it was, and I was like, Will Greer. I was like, didn't that kid just just uh, pass for like 300 and some yards, two touchdowns, and ran for two more? I'm like, wow. And then last night we get the push, Bengals sign Will Greer, and I was like, oh, that's a great that's a great pickup. 28 years old. You know, last game he played, he threw he had 35 attempts, completed 29 attempts, threw two touchdowns, ran for two touchdowns. The kid's gonna have heart, you know. I believe that give him a couple weeks and he might be the number two. He might be the number yeah. two. Give him a couple weeks to learn Zach Taylor's playbook, you know. And don't forget, Zach Taylor, he's a QB guy, you know. So yeah. if if Greer gets that chance, you know, learns that playbook. And like you said, knock on wood, if anything ever happens to our number one quarterback, Joe Burrow, but it, it's promising. And, and 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 he actually showed it. He showed it on Saturday that he's not done. He's not done. He's he to give, give give him a chance. And that's what we're doing. Yeah, I mean, not not playing against ones, but I mean he still threw some dimes, man. Threw some you know, Steelers fans are you know, the thing is the Steelers fans are making a big deal about what Pickett did against number twos. You know, hey, I'm uh, gonna give Greer Greer. Uh, did uh, you watch the Browns uh, and the Chiefs? Oh Sean Watson yeah. talking all kinds of smack about playing against threes and twos. I'm like, come on, uh -huh. man. Yeah, right. No, nah, yeah, didn't talk about it's gonna be fireworks when he played the Bengals. Like, come on now. It's gonna be a tough game. It's gonna be a tough game. They've proved that to us over the past you know, I don't know, six, seven years. So yeah, I get we, we I got respect, a tough division. I yep, respected them being a worthy challenger as a competition, of course, you know, because they have had our number. But to be perfectly honest, you know, this is a little early teaser going into next week. Um, after we had figured them out in that final game we played them here in Cincy, that was all I needed to see in the way that they won that game and just kind of obliterated Cleveland. And it just makes me feel like that this wasn't a nail biter victory. This was us showing that, yeah, we're not, you're not going to really have our number like that moving forward. We still respect you as opponent because you still got that dude, Miles Garrett, rushing the passer. And, but like, you're not, you're, you're not on our level. And we're going to show you that week one. That's is me throwing a bolt. Ain't really a bolt take. That's throwing a hot topic out there for you. <laughs> I like it. I like it. All right, uh, Tim, any parting shots? Anything uh, you want to say to the folks before we catch out of here? You know, I'm excited to see that Joe B's back, you know, back practicing. I'm see, uh, I also saw that uh, is looking good. You know, he's he's getting he's getting there. He's looking good. You know, I'm excited to see what is to come. Um, also, don't forget to check out From the Jungle, the uh, – little uh, video show or you know, TV show that the Bengals did for just for, you know, just for the team, you know, kind of like their uh, um, hard, hard knocks, but they actually mm -hmm. produced it themselves. I started watching episode one. Um, they brought in uh, OJ uh, or not OJ. I'm sorry. 
what what's what's our left tackle's name? O, Brown. OJ OJ Simpson. Yeah, OJ Simpson. No, Brown. They brought in Brown. Was introducing to everybody. Orla- he seems like a good Orlando cat. Brown. Orlando Brown. Yeah, yeah he, sorry. He's pretty awesome. Um, so check that out too on uh, on the Bengals app. It, it's free. Nice. Uh, Justin, party shots. What you got? Get ready for the season. Like Deshaun Watson said, it is going to be fireworks, but it's going to be for our team. It, it'll be 10 days uh, when most of everybody, I and mean, this is going to go up late, late uh, Wednesday night. So we got 10 days when most people are going to hear this. So, man, <laughs> it, just, it, it just seems like the off season's 10 months long. Uh, I know it's not, but it just seems so long. Um, I, I'm excited. You know, I, I I really think this team does have something special. Uh, we, you know, we if I think we get the safety um, play that we expect to out of those guys, I, I think I think the sky's the limit, man. Um, I really think they could do some special stuff. We got to stay healthy. Uh, so here's the Joseph Osai getting back, uh, getting that ankle healthy. I, I kind of hope they rest him for an extra week or two. Um, wouldn't mind if they pup listed him and went and got Raymond Johnson back. Uh, but uh, yeah, man, September 10th, too far away. I'm ready for it. So, uh, so we're going to get out of here again. Thank you for watching. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for hitting the like button. Um, tell a friend, tell them to tell a friend, tell that friend to tell their friends, tell the auntie, uncles, nieces, nephews, whatever, get as many followers as you can on this, on the channel, on the show, on all the podcasts, support our fellows, uh, support the fans first sports network. Uh, and, uh, you know, with that, I'm Brandon Harriet for Justin Lacey and Tim Lyons. Catch it, catch us next week, Wednesday night on YouTube, Thursday morning as we're running through the jungle.